Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 54 of Soul Lead Saturday. The guest we have today, Dr. Mikkel, he is a founder of Artificial Intelligence Finance Institute, Chief Development Officer at Global AI and Practical Big Data Professor at NYU STEM School of Business. So let's just welcome him, him and hear more about his career journey. How did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that? So welcome, Dr. Mikkel. Very happy to have you on the show and appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's a real honor uh, to be here. I think this you, you're leading a very interesting series of interviews with leading people. So. I, um, I'm very honored to be here. Thank you so much. Pleasure is all mine. And I'm also very excited to listen more from you because you are leading the artificial intelligence space and that too in the specific domain, which is finance. So let's begin. To begin with, our first question is towards the passion and interest. So how did you find your interest in the big data and AI field and what steps did you take to pursue that passion? Yeah, so after, after my graduation back, uh, so a, a, a bunch of years ago in, in 94, uh, uh, so at that time, I've always been mathematical and have always been some sort of an analytics person. But then um, I started working at KPMG, right, one of the big four. And then I kind of discovered the, the thing that, Oh, I like finance, right? So during the, the, the studies at university, right, I wasn't especially attracted to finance, right? Yes, to maths and statistics, but not especially finance. And then I started seeing companies and, and uh, when I bumped into a, into a big bank, uh, then I saw, well, this is my thing. I like that. I care about this, right? So... I think when you find that, right, when you find uh, inside you that this, this is the things you care about, I think this is a good idea to start thinking about, yeah, you want to build your career uh, on this direction, on the direction of quant finance, analytics, and, 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 and on the direction of applying that uh, to finance. Obviously, a lot has changed since then, but it's still deep in in my some sort of professional soul, right? The, the fact that I care about uh, maths, computer science, and how can they be used uh, for in the finance domain, in banks, in, in asset managers. And, and now it's a very special uh, moment, I have to say. We are uh, in 2020, I think in an unprecedented uh, unprecedented time of change for several reasons, right? That we can discuss uh, during our conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And moving towards our next section is questions from the audience. So the first question that I have shortlisted is why AI will be the future for financial services? Yeah. So, uh, so finance, uh, it's. When, when we try to define mathematically finance and, and, uh, and empirical too, we see that in finance we have lots of models uh, that they work reasonably well or, or not, right? So the, the, the models in finance are, are, are tricky, right? So our, our uh, you know, modern portfolio theory, option pricing, 
prediction and so on and so forth, not easy, right? In finance, as we all know, financial markets are complicated animal, right? So um, when you start, the, 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 you start defining modeling uh, time series, factor models, risk, you, you quickly realize or we realize that it was all supervised learning. It was all unsupervised learning. It was all reinforcement learning, right? So we, we, we started, uh, I think, five or, or when, I, when I did my PhD thesis back in 2010. So it's relatively recent, okay. right? Uh, so I then started to, to some sort of see people and, and look at uh, computer, more, more deeply computer science stuff. Mm-hmm. in the sense all oh, these models can be applied to finance we haven't been applying that to finance mm-hmm. but it makes all the sense right and as i said before in 2020 now we live in in a situation in which everything is changing if you think about it so obviously we have the pandemic right that changed all the data sets but mm-hmm. we have for example um big changes in the interest rate space with the change of libor mm-hmm. and and all, all, all customers, all, all financial services, so to speak, clients are at home, right? And, and, and that creates a series of challenges for uh, data analytics, for digitalization, and so on. And that's why I think that uh, we're living in an in a ex, 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 uh, extremely uh, interesting. And I want to also mention two specific tech, uh, some sort of, uh, technical spaces, which is reinforcement learning. We do think reinforcement learning has a lot uh, of future and obviously natural language processing. So we just scratch the surface on the amount of things that can be done in text analytics, right? Uh, now that pretty much, I would say, I don't know the percentage, but maybe 90% of what we do is to write things mm-hmm. to people right, or to browse in the internet or look for, um, I don't know, an equation or, uh, or work on belief and so on and so forth. So we do lots of things, uh, right, and, 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 and NLP, obviously, it's going to be very important. Thank you so much for sharing. And the next question that we have is, what would be good big data strategies and what would be some of the best practices for organizations to handle the big data? Right. So it, it obviously depends if, you, for example, a big bank, it all starts by, right, big banks, it all starts by, you have a large amounts of data. Think about a big bank in Europe, in India, or China, or in the United States. So you have potentially thousands of customers that do uh, lots of things, do lots of transactions, their payments, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they, invest, uh, they invest in stocks. Uh, and so on. So, so uh, uh, if banks want to make uh, some sort of uh, efficient use on the information, it all started maybe five years ago with all the big data, right? Because we we now talk more about AI. AI, it's obviously big data in the sense that it all starts with data. Algorithms need to work with data. Need to learn with data. Right, and banks have that have large amounts of data, large amounts of customers, um, lots of features. They know lots of things about them that, that we can discuss. Uh, also, the, the sort of the, the, the cons 
right mm -hmm. of the uh, of this but anyway so they need to first put together data lake they need to put together first all the all all the all the data in one place right and it's uh, and the data has to be curated quality data and so on and so forth and then data analytics the data analysts or data scientists can some sort of start asking questions to the data set Mm -hmm. And these asking questions to the data set is obviously uh, is good. They're going to be doing that with domain experts, with mm -hmm. finance experts, mm -hmm. with marketing experts. They're going to say, how can we, do we know uh, the clients that might be interested into this new credit card that we want to launch, right? Uh, and so on and so forth. So that's one side. Mm -hmm. On the asset management side, we have also an incredible uh, change uh, and, and it goes hand in hand with alternative data. So the fact that we know many more things, right, mm -hmm. uh, about, uh, about uh, companies, we know many more things about, about consumers and, and, and these data in the form of alternative data data sets can be bought and then you can use uh, that in your investment processes. So it's so uh, as I said, it's just everywhere in which we have large amounts of data, and in, uh, well, there we need to use basically um, AI, uh, big data. This is the, the the right place to do it. Yeah, yeah, and that mm. that makes sense actually. The way you mentioned it, that you know how the teams teams come together, like you mentioned, that there will be their domain expertise or there will be marketing people and it's kind of a collaborative environment when it comes to handling the big data plus AI like uh, combined. I think that the good teams, the good, the companies that do well, big data is because they have found uh, a good combination uh, in, in their teams of, uh, of computer scientists that, that mm -hmm. some, some of these data problems need skilled the computer scientists because there's a large amounts of data, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one. But all you need data analysts or data scientists, so they need people that's good maths and coding, and then uh, you wouldn't have good results. Um, you need domain experts, right? So you're doing risk, you need risk expert, credit risk, for example. You, probably, you need a risk expert that has been through several crises and they may be right? All of them can do a good job, right? Uh, if one of them is missing, you're probably not going to do a good job. Yes. So the, the teams, this is a team effort, right? And we think that uh, the companies do that well are, are putting together these, these three kinds of uh, profiles. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing and hope this answers the audience question as well. Moving mm -hmm. towards our next section is fun segment, which we introduced from, since a couple of episodes. So I'm going to give you three words and you have to tell what comes to your mind immediately. So it is kind of abstract content. You don't yeah. have to be like elaborative, but it's just what comes to your mind when you uh, hear these words. So the first is finance. Yeah, so change. So times of... Uh, of uh, of change, right? Evolution, transformation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the next word is mathematics. Well, mathematics is what bind is everything, right? Now I was thinking, why maths is so important? 
right? Uh, maths is so important because this is the common language. If we can all speak uh, when we talk about our models, right? When we talk about what, what are we doing with our algorithms? Because software, uh, software languages, Python, C++, and so on, they change. So maybe next year we have another one that it's called Moon, right? Or whatever, right? And what makes us, and, and, what, and we, can tr we can some sort of transfer what we learned from the past because a set of mathematical equations should mean uh, the same thing in 10 years that they mean now, right? If we probably try to read code from 10 years ago in another language, maybe we have troubles. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's why maths are so important, and maths uh, are this common language that is needed, right? And it's obviously allows us to discover things, to compute things, and so on and so forth. So I think maths are at the heart of everything we do. Yeah, thank you so much. And the third word is teaching. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's also an interesting one. Yeah, so... Uh, Teaching is, 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 is some sort of, uh, yeah, you also have to care about uh, you know, transferring knowledge mm -hmm. and inspiring people, right, mm -hmm. into, um, into whatever subject, right, AI or maths or, or finance. So, um, you know, now young generations or, or maybe professions want to update, and, and I think the two ideas of being able to, to, to make them learn uh, difficult stuff, maths, code, uh, s s oftentimes we just, when we teach, when I teach, we have uh, a notebook, we have slides, and we, we write things, right? So it's an, an era in which we some sort of using lots of supports, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because you need to code, you need to be able to read maths, you need to be able to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, and at the same time, inspiring people. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it's very important because over my career, right, you probably don't remember the brightest professor you had. You, well, I, I guess you do. Right. Let's say, yo, I had especially brightest uh, professor, but also whoever inspired you on, mm -hmm. on the direction, the love for the subject, uh, the integrity. And, and the, the, I think, uh, so we owe a lot, right, to the education system, not only because they, they, they give us jobs, right, because, but also because they educate us. And we should educate uh, people to, again, to work with integrity, to work hard, right, uh, because hard work is, and talent is what is needed, right? So we have, to, one or the other is very hard, you know, to, to, to be successful in big data or finance or, or, or as a football player, right? Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for sharing because it is very hard when we have to describe these terms in the teaching. Like, you know, uh, like the way you mentioned, like all these three words are like a big terms actually, when it comes to the abstract content, it's really very hard to explain them. So thank you so much for sharing and uh, moving towards our next section is about exploring your work-related career and the volunteering. So the first question around that is being advisory board member of FDP, the global designation for 
finance professionals in data driven industry what are your roles and responsibilities yeah so we um, so several high profile um, mm-hmm. institutions started 2 years ago right my institute but also financial uh, professional data institute uh, we saw uh, an on fdpi we see a tremendous opportunity on some sort of uh, teaching and transferring knowledge to finance professionals on the data science, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and we think that uh, it's just the right time, right? Um, beforehand, right? Finance was okay. We need to do. We need a lot of domain knowledge, right? And this is true. You cannot play football if you don't know uh, some sort of foundations. If you don't know what's a bond. If you don't know what what's the stock, if you don't know what's an option, well, it's hard to do anything, right? But I would say CFA, these kind of uh, uh, certifications are some sort of start. And but then, right? We and and that start that happened to me at the beginning of my career. I quickly realized uh-huh. you need uh, a bunch of technical skills, right? With this enough, this is not enough. So know how to kick a ball is not the same thing as playing football. Knowing what's a, a command in MATLAB is not the same thing as writing a reinforcement learning algorithm, right? So um, this is, uh, yeah, so this is how, how um, and we, we had so far and also at AAFI, so a, a, a very large number of, st- of delegate students mm-hmm. that are, uh, working very hard, right? And incredibly um, enthusiastic about having uh, a group of, right, uh, really engaged people of all ages, right? Uh, veterans, uh, gra- uh, just undergrads, um, postdoc students, looking at all these algorithms and the code and being very excited about it. So uh, we're very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. It was really insightful. So moving towards the next question is, would you like to talk about uh, AI5? You are a founder of Artificial Intelligence for Finance Institute and provide some insights to the audience. Yes, so we we founded uh, Artificial Intelligence Finance Institute, right, uh, two years ago, right, uh, a little bit more with uh, Michael Weinberg, right? Mm -hmm. And at that time, Right, we 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 saw what what, what I mentioned. Right, the, the need uh, the need of of education uh, the need of education in that space is is uh, it's very important. Right, and so we said uh, we're in New York. We have a bunch of uh, good machine learning and finance professionals. We have a bunch of masters of financial engineering here. We think it's a good opportunity. Some sort of to gather, uh, uh, yeah, people like Peter Cohn, Peter Carr, um, Janet Wing, Armando Gonzalez. So uh, uh, we're very glad to have some sort of the brightest minds in the industry that collaborate with us into basically providing training uh, for um, uh, financial professionals, fintech professionals, computer scientists, postdocs. So we've had a very nice mix of. Uh, of people and in addition to that um, we do a lot of research right so writing papers we we wrote a paper uh, a month ago with Sonam Srivastava 
on, on, on reinforcement learning, uh, deep reinforcement learning and used in U.S. equities, right? So we're also trying to contribute, right? What I've learned or we've learned during our careers is that we should be giving a lot to the, to the community mm-hmm. in the sense that you should be talking about your papers, you mm-hmm. should be uh, being in debates, panels, right? You know, in order, there, there's a lot of common challenges, right, uh, for all finance practitioners. On AI, there's a lot of challenges, obviously, right, that are not only technical, right, about one algorithm, two algorithms, which one is the best, but many other challenges like ethics, like privacy and, and fairness and so on. So there's a lot to do, right? So the, this, this uh, I'm on the board also of the, the CFA Quant Investing uh, and in the Journal of Machine Learning in Finance. So we're also tr- trying to drive uh, and push uh, the community to do more research and share, right? So one of the differences of now compared to 25 years ago is that the community is incredibly open-minded mm-hmm. in the sense that, uh, you know, uh, back at that time, we had papers, um, we had, you know, software, right? Uh, but it was licensed and now uh, well, we have all that is open source. We have a bunch of papers, we have a bunch of good books. So we think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a moment if, in which you can choose lots of ways to do some sort of uh, enhance your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. And the third question that we have under this section is, you are a chief development officer of Global AI. So what is it about and what it aims for? Yeah, so I, I, uh, I advise a company called Global AI. Mm-hmm. This is a very... Uh, this is a very uh, exciting project too. There, what we do is, uh, what we do at Global AI is we produce uh, also algorithms, right? So it's just, uh, uh, let's say, the implementation of the technical knowledge we have in real problems, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the real problems are very interesting is ESG problems, environmental, social, uh, and governance problems, SDG sustainable development goals. So we use algorithms, NLP algorithms, to some sort of read, do text analytics, trying to measure sentiment, um, and, 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 and help these other transformation that fine is going on, on sustainability, right? Okay. So this is also a, a very, I would say the other transformation that it's undergoing on finance. So the fact that investors are saying, I do not only care about returns, I also care about the social uh, and, and the, the, the climate and so on impact on society, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think um, it's a very important development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is a very valid point. And thank you so much for sharing. And those are kind of a really very good insightful things. and. Uh, like, you know, the way you are leading that global AI. Uh, so thank you so much. Moving towards our next section is about tips and advice. So any tips and advice would you like to give to the students or the professionals who are trying to get into this field or trying to grow in this field? Yeah, I think it goes back to basics in the sense that 
the first thing, obviously, you need to break into data analytics overall or AI. You obviously need, you know, to, to speak and be able to, to work uh, on, on algorithms. So that means maths, code, right? And, uh -huh. and statistics have to be something which you need strong foundations, right? Uh -huh. uh, really strong foundations. And um, I don't see how a data scientist can be successful if it's not good, reasonably good. And I'm not saying you have to be a PhD in all these subjects, but it's obviously you have to be able to uh, understand and, and talk uh, or, or use and use uh, all these tools, which I said, it's also easier than ever because all these tools are open source. You can use this in your, in your laptop and so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, so technical skills are essential, right? Uh, the second thing, it's obviously hard work, right? So there's a lot of people, right, uh, breaking into that. Um, there's obviously a lot of open positions, but there's also lots of people in the market. So uh, you have to show and you have to be, uh, and in order to be successful, you need to work uh, very hard, right? <laughs> so this is one. And, and obviously, uh, data scientists say, you also need good communication skills. Yeah, of course. Well, we cannot be superwoman or superman. We cannot just be on a ten on everything we do, right? But it's clear that data scientists is expected to to some sort of have reasonable communication skills, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because you work in a project, uh, you have some results, and now you need to convince your clients, your bosses, society that in, or the supervisors. Right, they're asking questions about your models, right? So you need to be able to to some sort of communicate, explain, uh, and so on. So um, that means that for the ones who who were not English native, right? So English is absolutely very important, right? It's obvious to everybody. I'm just saying that for students that. Uh, come to the, to the US or, or, or other places, right? Obviously, in a good, uh, except, uh, well, uh, uh, excellent English is absolutely needed, right? So, right. And yeah, so I think, and, and you, any, if you want, so if you want to do all this, it's probably because you, because you care about this, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, so I think if you're an, a kind of an analytics person, um, um, so you probably, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Those capabilities can be developed actually if uh, people are open to, to the new learnings. So thank you so much for sharing. And the way you are speaking, you are truly leading the artificial intelligence and big data space. So what is your leadership style and uh, any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why? Ooh, it's hard to say because uh, I was thinking about that because I've been in the professional environment and you see people that it's as a some sort of business leadership and in universities you see more kind of a technical leadership uh -huh. right but from all of them right uh, I don't know I could say names like I don't know like uh, uh, Emmanuel Derman Right when I started teaching at Columbia, or some of my uh, bosses in in UBS, etc. So a good boss is somebody who has um, who cares deeply about obviously 
the the purpose right of of if it's portfolio management or right it has to also care about people right mm -hmm. we're all here to to some sort of win games right mm -hmm. But uh, we need to win games motivating people, right? And not just with the stick, right? So we need to uh, stick, the, the, the carrot, uh, and so on. And, and the passion on, on the purpose, I think it's very important. And at the same time, I think integrity is very important. So the fact that you some sort of transmit values to your team of integrity, of, uh, right, uh, uh, it's 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 essential, right? And now, uh, and now, if you're a professor, what I'm what I was saying. So it's not enough, but just delivering, uh, right? It's important to try to inspire uh, your students to, right, uh, work hard and and so on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And just yeah. to sum up, I would say that be hardworking if you are trying to get into this space as well as open to the new learnings. And as Dr. Mikkel mentioned, along with your technical skills, soft skills are more important as well. So have that balance and keep learning. So thank you so much. And on that note, we can end this, in this, end this episode. And as I always say, until we meet, happy leading, let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.